Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So it looks like we are all set up for our next guest. And once again, all our guests appear on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. He is a writer and reporter for MLB.com, Henry Palatella. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Henry. Happy Fourth of July. Yeah, happy Fourth of July to you too, Mitch. Fantastic, man. It's good to see you again after we had you on last time. And uh, obviously, we're talking about the Cleveland Guardians uh, having a bit of a stretch right now against Detroit where they're trying to come back down 4-1. to one. We'll see what happens here. But I want to talk specifically about this recent stretch that the Guardians have had where they've had to take on teams like the uh, Red Sox and the Twins. And now, uh, this past weekend, up against the New York Yankees, two out of three were defeats. They were able to survive a 2 nothing decision against the Hottest, one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, the best record overall. I mean, when you look at this stretch, Henry, where the uh, Guardians, very young, very kind of raw at times, we've seen in a couple of these games, have had to take on uh, really good teams like this. What do you make of these guys being able to sort of just keep uh, keep their heads above water, even though they've lost a little bit more than they were just a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it's kind of a perfect storm of it being, you know, 15 games in 14 days, I think it's been. And aside, there was a rainout on Friday, but, you know, really starting from two Mondays ago to now, haven't had a scheduled off day until this coming Thursday, where it's a stretch of a lot of games at once. And it's against, like you said, some really good teams and the Twins and the Yankees and Red Sox. And it's it's been a little bit of a malaise almost the past week or so. They were able uh, to, you know, win some games against the Yankees, but really, and the Twins, but that's really, you know, Josh Naylor and Jimenez, if those two home runs aren't hitting, hidden, we're, you know, in a different spot. So it's kind of a, this is a, a big test in a way, because it is a young roster. It is a lot of, you know, a lot of guys experiencing the big leagues for the first time. And they're coming in, one, on a team that's in the middle of a, a playoff run, as we're now in July, but two, is in such a big stretch that I think fatigue might play a part of it. I think, you know, trying to worry about all the things that are coming up are a part of it. But, you know, this next stretch, after they finish with the Tigers, it's the Royals, White Sox, Tigers again, and then the All-Star game. Uh, and I think that break will be good. Even just, you know, four days can really help a team not only, you know, get their rest, but also I think it'll help put things in perspective, give a little bit of a mental break for a team that's played a lot of baseball over the past month. Uh, and each game seems to mean more than the last. 
I agree with you on the fatigue, and we'll definitely get to that in a moment. I mean, right now, uh, you mentioned some of the teams. It's very central division heavy that the Guardians are going to be facing here in the next couple of days. I mean, you got the Royals, you got the Tiger or the White Sox, excuse me. Then you got Twins again. And going into the fatigue that you mentioned, obviously right now, to me, the biggest victim of so much baseball in so little time right now has been the bullpen because a lot of younger players have been uh, being used a lot. You got guys like Emmanuel Classe being uh, kind of worked to a point now. And uh, obviously Anthony Ghost going on the IL with a guy like James Karinchek, who, by the way, did end up pitching in today's game, his first game of the season after being injured last year with the shoulder. With a guy like that, how big is it to get more of a veteran presence, even though he's still a younger player, uh, back in the rotation as compared to some of the other pieces of the Guardians' pen? Yeah, I was actually just talking about this with someone today about how, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you think about my pers- like my perspective on the team. I would have been like, oh, I think pitching's fine in terms of the trade deadline. It's, you know, maybe there's a reliever in there you get, but it's mostly offensive focused. But now it's almost kind of changed a little bit. I still think an impact batter too would no doubt help this team. But it seems like a, a just another established relief farm would probably be the way to go along with another starting pitcher. I don't think they need a, a Pablo Lopez or a Luis Castillo because those big names are a little bit, you know, that's not what they need. It's more a serviceable innings eater kind of starter. But, you know, if you think about the bullpen, it's Class A, uh, Eli Morgan, Karen Check now, Henches, Stefan. I mean, aside from and Brian Shaw, who can be, you know, pretty inconsistent, and he's really the one with the most experience. Class A, was the reliever of the month month last year, but is really, you know, in his for all intents and purposes second season in the majors. So I think I think you're on the right track of that a a middle relief option is what this team needs, and there's always going to be a lot of those available at the trade deadline. I think it's just a matter of figuring out which one they want to get, so that way they're not leaning on these young guys as much, and also giving them you know someone with a little bit more experience, so it's a bit of a win win. Well, speaking of uh, impact bad, I guess you, I guess if you want to call it that, I want to get your take on the move that the Guardians made yesterday involving uh, now former former outfielder Oscar Mercado off of waivers from the uh, Philadelphia Phillies and Mercado joining the team in Detroit. By the way, the Guardians just went final 4-1 to one loss to Detroit. The two sides will play again just after 6 o'clock tonight. Henry... What do you make of that sort of move after the Guardians designate Mercado for assignment and then bringing him right back almost from Philly? Yeah, it seems like it's almost a move before a move because you'd think, you know, if they need it, they're looking for someone, I think, with a little bit more pop than Palacios, someone that they probably feel a little bit more comfortable with dealing with on the defensive side. So you'd think, why not at this point give, you know, Will Brennan or Benson or some of these, you know, 24, 25-year-old outfielders in the minors their shot and for me, it seems like they're adding him, one, because they probably don't want to put someone on the 40-man and then have to deal with all that, but then you wonder why they added Mercado. But that they want I think at some point they're going to – I mean, they're going to have to trade some prospects. They have too many both in the middle, middle infield and outfield um, that are kind of like quad-A guys that are not proving anything in AAA. They're just there because there's no room for them. So I think Mercado – at this point, I think it's a stopgap option. Probably someone, you know, you can plug in uh, for a week or two, and then as you know the trade picture unfolds and what they want to do can then be, oh, 
they deal so that way these young guys get their shot or, you know, these young guys are the ones that are dealt and maybe the, the prize that comes back in that trade is the one that's taking that spot on the major league roster in the outfield. Henry Palatella, writer for MLB.com. You can check out a new piece that uh, you just wrote, Henry, which I'm very uh, fascinated with, was 10 overlooked deals that made the difference in October. You can go to MLB.com. I'm looking at it right now. My my personal favorite one that I forgot about was uh, Jake Peavy. The year, the year after he joined Boston to help them win the World Series in 2013, uh, became a central figure of their 2014 run, the San Francisco Giants run, rather, to the uh, World Championship. What uh, kind of take me through where that this idea of yours came to be, and like, what were some of the things that you kind of were able to uh, reminisce and remember about some of these guys who became huge parts of uh, championship squads? Oh yeah, I so I am a huge like trade transaction nut type of person. Like I think you know it's it's the trade deadline is always interesting because it's always cool to see players move, but also all the stuff that goes with it. And it always seems like I was, I would just thought I was like, oh, it always, especially in last year's World Series when the entire Braves outfield was brought in at the deadline and impacted the playoff run in every way of being, you know, there are these deals like the Max Scherzer one, for example, last year got all the mm. attention, but the ones that mattered the most arguably were, you know, Jack Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and Jorge Soler. And Eddie Rosario came from Cleveland for the ghost of Pablo Sandoval, who didn't even play a game in Cleveland. Um, so it's it's funny to think about it that way. And so I was just like, huh, I wonder if I go back, I'll be able to find, you know, a World Series team that follows that. And I found a decade of it. And uh, my personal favorite is Steve Pierce, because essentially it was four at-bats that made it worth it. But that run he had at the end of the 2018 World Series is just, it. it, it stands up there with some of the best, you know, getting hot at the right time streaks in all of baseball. Yeah, that is a good one. I also like Marco Scudero as well, you mentioned in there, which is also part of the uh, 2012 San Francisco Giants team rather than the 2014 squad. Now, uh, Henry, going back to the Guardians for a second, I mean, we mentioned the series they had against the Yankees. I, As disappointing as it is to drop two of three against them, against a team like the Yankees, I was okay with, especially because you got that last game. I told myself before the weekend that if they were to get swept by them, it could lead to a pretty cold stretch here for potentially the month of July, even up when you go up against teams that aren't as good as the Yankees. And right now, the Guardians are just two games back of Minnesota. You mentioned the home runs that both Josh Naylor and Andres Jimenez had in back-to-back nights in order to keep that series at bay for the Guardians. Where do you see the team by the end of next month being uh in position for the central division, if not just a potential wild card spot. Yeah, I, I think the wild card definitely. The central will be interesting to see how the Twins play because it seems like they're really starting to put it together. But with a bullpen that's suspect, um, it's I feel it would be anyone that's rooting for them should probably feel a little bit uncomfortable just with the amount of games they've blown late. Um, but they they have a shot. They're going to play. Like I said, they'll play the Tigers the White Sox, the Royals, and the White Sox again over the, the next couple weeks. And, you know, they can't help that they play in the Central and that it has three teams, well, two teams that are for sure in rebuild, and then the White Sox that can't seem to get out of their own way. So those are the teams you need to beat. If they want to be able to, you know, stand with the Twins and the Yankees, they need to get to a point where they can make it there. And by doing that, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. It sounds simple, 
but yet every year it seems like that's the difference between a team making the postseason or not. Um, the, the way they've played recently hasn't been the most encouraging, just in the fact that it's just been some sleepwalking almost. But it, with a team, a Terry Francona team is always going to have a shot. And at some point, whether it's now, whether it's later in the week, whether it's in the All-Star game, I feel like there will be some kind of fire lit, something that will happen that will kind of motivate the team a little bit uh, and kind of snap it out. It's, it could be a case that they just get, you know, that one big hit at the one, you know, right time that just kind of sets them off and then all of a sudden as baseball is you know you just get on one streak and all of a sudden the ball seems like it's you know three times its size when it's coming down the plate I like that point you made about a Terry Francona led squad you're never officially really out of it although I did think about something with Tito uh I was at the Saturday game Guardians versus Yankees when Aaron Savali got out of the sixth inning I believe it was against one of the Yankees top hitters I want to say either Judge or Stanton, but one of the two. But then he goes into the seventh inning at around 90-some pitches, and Savali, a very uh, solid pitcher, has had his ups and downs this season, had already given up back-to-back home runs to Anthony Rizzo and then Giancarlo Stanton earlier in the game. I believe he got Rizzo out at the end of the sixth. And then he's left in for Stanton, and then more of the Yankees mix that included Josh Donaldson. Did you see, see that game by chance? And if so, did you kind of uh, go through that moment and think to yourself like, oh, they might have been, maybe they could have afforded to go to the pen earlier. Yeah, it's always tough to figure that out, especially since, you know, there's not a ton of experience in that bullpen like we talked about. So it's that's probably the toughest part of managing is figuring out how to, you know, when's the right decision to make to go to the bullpen when the starter's on. Um, but I think – at this point, that's the right decision. You want to try and get guys as much experience as possible. Um, it is just July, even as I just talked about how, you know, the postseason matters and then there probably is an eye focused on the, you know, what's next. But at the same time, you want to get guys in those moments where the heart beat skips a little bit and they're able to get a little more, you know, everyone's on them. It means a little bit more. Um, so it'll, that's a, a thing. Even outside of that moment, a thing that'll be interesting to watch as the games start to matter more and as, you know, it's, the bullpen rotation might tighten up a little bit. When they go to it, is it the right decision? Um, so it's just one of those fun things about baseball that just makes it, in my mind, one of the best sport in the world because it's the game within the game, and that's a perfect example of it. I agree with you on that, man. I mean, it's a great game on a great day like today. And now my final question to you, Henry, I mentioned this in the last segment. I don't know if you got a chance to see this uh, yesterday, but uh, the Tigers ended up, uh, they were hosting the Royals yesterday and the streaming service Peacock had it so that there were no game broadcasters for the television presentation. And they ended up just kind of doing game sounds and they had a couple of reporters kind of like on the side doing things. I said to myself, I don't know if I'm all for it because it seems like such a foreign practice to what we know before. And I would think that the broadcasters, save for, I mean, everybody's going to have a broadcaster that that just does not gel with them. I certainly have a few. Uh, What are your thoughts on if this could be more of a viable viewing experience for not just hardcore baseball fans, but maybe a casual audience? Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, there's, I don't, I, I appreciate it as a one-off. I thought it was good. I think part of the reason they did it is because it wasn't a game that had a lot of marquee names that would have drawn in, you know, the casual person who wasn't a fan of those teams. 
But as an alternate viewing, I think that would be, you know, something that would be really interesting and I think really would attract a lot of attention, not only, like you said, with baseball people, but with people who are just kind of watching it for the first time because it was cool. I was able to catch a little bit of it. And just it's one of those things, you know, when you're at a game, you pick up on the walk-up songs and, you know, all this, all the, the, the pieces and slices of Americana that come with baseball. But on a broadcast, for better or for worse, it's not really there. Um, but in the case of that, you were able – it was almost like you were at Comerica Park a little bit. And I think for people who enjoy watching the game on mute because they don't like the announcers, it would be a good viable option because <laughs> then they wouldn't have anyone talking. But also for someone that just wanted to, you know, take it in as if they were there. Um, so I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think it would work best as an alternative just because at a certain point at a, you need a broadcaster to convey certain things, which they had. But if they were to go all in, they being, you know, whether that's Fox, ESPN, or the local regional stations, go all in on uh, alternative broadcast that was, um, you know, less sounds, less sensory awareness. Um, I think it could definitely work as a viable alternative solution. Well, Henry Palatella, uh, MLB.com writer and reporter, also a, f- a fellow former Golden Flash like myself. Uh, Henry, I thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, join me today, talk a little baseball. Enjoy the rest of your holiday, man. Uh, go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah, you as well, Mitch. Have a good day. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.